Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Philadelphia-bred trombonist and founder and creator of City Jazz Festival, Ernest Stewart. Now entering its ninth year, this year's festival takes place in Philadelphia on Saturday, April 22nd from 1 to 7.30 p.m. It returns triumphantly after a three-year hiatus and it was sold out for the five years that it was going strong. Ernest was born and raised in Philadelphia, then moved to New York for his profession. Growing up under often difficult circumstances, he knew the important role jazz played in shaping his own life. Despite his success, he never forgot his roots. Quite the contrary. He kept tabs on the music scene in his hometown. We get into all of this and so much more. Enjoy the interview. Well, hey, again, thank you for taking a minute out. I appreciate your, uh, your time today. Oh, yeah. No, seriously, thank you. Yeah, you bet. So before we get into, you know, kind of the kickoff of the uh, Center City Jazz Festival again after the hiatus and your life and music, in, in a generic way, you know, now we're all looking at March, uh, March on the calendar. We have PTSD, I'm sure, from 2020. Yeah. And, okay. and I'm curious how you survived that time period personally and as a musician and how it's changed the way that you approach life now. The number one thing that I'm grateful for, I guess, is sort of counterintuitive, um, is, is my, my son. Um, you know, I, at the time, I guess he was three. Um, and, you know, kids are so dynamic that, that they make things more exciting than they are. Uh, yeah. everything's changing with them. They're growing, they're learning new things constantly. Um, and I think having, having something to focus my attention on, you know, like that, um, like raising a son, um, was, was really helpful. Um, and great, of course, to spend a lot of time with them because up until then I had been, uh, touring quite a bit and, um, you know, I, I really needed um, some time off. I didn't realize I was going to get that much time off, but <laughs> but I, you know, I it, it was it was definitely important to 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 get time off um, and spend time with him. Um, I, you know, artistically, I I really did a deep dive into photography. I, you know, right before everything shut down, you know, I I went out and bought um a bunch of studio photography equipment lights and stands and you know and like all sorts of things um and i knew i was going to have a lot of time on my hands so i bought a lot of equipment uh and i i de decided to go back to school for uh nonprofit management uh it was it was a really interesting time. Sounds like it, yeah. And you know, obviously now, one of the big things that is is happening is you know the world's waking up. People are embracing live music again. You're getting ready to kick off a festival that's been on a three year hiatus. Talk about how yeah. that feels on a visceral level. It's you know they say you know it's like riding a bike because you could just go back on to the bike and, and pedal and you understand it and you'll just go. But at first, I don't care how long, if you've been off of the bike for three years or 10 years, you know, it's going to be a little wobbly at first. <laughs> it's 
and, and I huh. think that that's what I'm feeling. I'm feeling a little wobbly with it. Uh, you, you know, it's forgetting how to do certain tasks that I wouldn't have thought twice about um, in the past. Um, but you know, again, things things are coming around, and you know, I is 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 almost like a fish uh, to water. Where it's you know I'm I'm remembering oh that's right I shouldn't do this I shouldn't do that I should have I should do this now or do it sooner than later and you know everything's coming together and this time around um, unlike the previous times I I enlisted the the help of um, sort of uh, producing partners organizational partners uh, WRTI in Philadelphia the the big uh, Jazz and Classical Station is is presenting the festival, and uh, and I also have Pico and uh, and Jazz Philadelphia and Turtle Studios helping out. So it's 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 a it's a big community list. So talk to me a little bit about your chops as a musician and how all this began. Kind of where you were born and raised, and what your the early seeds that were planted in you, whether it was influences or home life that made you the musician you are and, and organizing this. You know, I, I began playing music when I was 12. Uh, I, I wanted to play the trombone or sorry, I wanted to play the saxophone like any rational human being. Uh, <laughs> that's why there are way too many sax players at the jam sessions because everyone had the right idea. <laughs> then uh then I I somehow uh uh I I couldn't get my hands on a saxophone. You know, my uh mother was a single mother and just didn't have the money to rent the instrument. You know, I didn't even tell her I was signing up for the music class. I've been I've been wanting to do it for years at that point and you know, I just said, I'm going to do it. I don't care. And after a few weeks in class, my my music teacher, you know, said, hey, everyone's learning their instrument. Where's your sax? And I confessed that I signed up for the class without talking to my mother, and I wasn't going to get a sax. And she said, uh, okay, well, yeah, how about you play one of the instruments we have in the back? And, you know, I, I asked her, you know, what's back there. And she said, well, we have a tuba. And I was like, there's no way I'm playing tuba. <laughs> and she's, she says, well, okay, well, we have a baritone horn, you know, and, she's, and I was like, what's that? And she's like, it's like a small tuba. And I'm like, there's no way I'm playing, you know, no, thank you. And she says, well, we have a trombone. And I, again, I said, no, no, thank you. And she's like, all right, well, look, you got to drop the class. Then. There's nothing I can do for you. And I said, fine, fine, just give me the trombone. I'll figure it out. And since that day, since I got that horn in my hand, you know, it's been a really crazy adventure. And the trombone has taken me around the world and, you know, many tours and, you know, things of that nature. I, I've, I've, been, I've been really fortunate um, thanks to, you know, music. And, you know, I, eventually I began going uh, to, um, you know, I graduated from high school. I 
I began going to Temple University, um, and I really began going out um, with my horn and playing with people around town. Um, it was fairly simple back then to find people to play with around town uh, because there's just a lot more activity. Um, and I really, you know, it, that period of time really grew my, my love for the city and the, uh, the, the music scene in Philadelphia. Um, and eventually things kind of went south, uh, pretty quickly with, you, you know, there was the financial crisis and clubs were closing and things of that nature. So, I decided to stop complaining about it and to try to find a solution for jazz musicians who were incredible musicians making incredible music and writing incredible original music, but they weren't getting enough, enough love and there weren't enough opportunities for them to uh, play. And, you know, the opportunity came, um, or the idea came for me to, create a jazz festival to sort of help, um, you know, it wasn't the solution to the problem as much as, hey, here's one thing that can, you know, go towards making the scene a little more well-rounded. Um, and, you know, that was, I created the Kickstarter campaign for it in 2011 and 2012, we had our first festival. So speaking of live music, what was the first live show that you ever saw that blew you away? The first live show that blew me away. You know, it's it's funny. I, I grew up in in black church, of course. My my idea of music was was very it, it, it was shaped and impacted by those experiences. You know, it, I I understood from an early age that music wasn't just something to listen to it, it it served a purpose you know it within communities within the church you know community it served it was a tool to get us from you know spiritually from point a to point b um and i think i think those were really impactful um musical moments you know that i got to experience weekly um beyond that you know pro pro professionally I, I would go down to to hear uh, uh, a, a great saxophonist named Bootsy Barnes on on Wednesday, like every Wednesday he played at Ortlieb's, uh, which was a, a little dingy jazz jazz club we had in Philadelphia. That was the clubhouse for all jazz musicians of Philly, and um, you know, going there weekly was just like mind boggling how soulful. Uh, Bootsy was, and it really instilled that sort of sense of um, of character that Philadelphia music should have, should embody this this really important, you know, soulfulness. Um, yeah, I, I mean, those those moments are small, you know, and they 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 aren't the big, you know. I saw McCoy Tyner at the Kimmel Center, or I saw there's a it's like it's these small normal everyday moments that I got to experience that explained a lot about music to me. Ultimately, at the end of the day, what is it that you like the best about being a musician 
you know, organizing this event, being a, a part of the music community, what is it that you love the best about it? I think it's remembering that I belong to a community, you know, um, oftentimes in, in, in the past, when I was putting the festival together, I would always be on tour and I would be make, writing emails and taking, putting out fires from a van, you know, on the West Coast somewhere or, you know, a tour bus in Europe or something. And I, um, coming back home after that and being able to be completely uh, surrounded by members of my community and hearing their work and their art was always very, very, very important to me. And I think it's going to be extra, extra special uh, this year, considering that we've had such a hiatus and we lost many members of our community due to COVID. And, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be really important to, to, to be there in that space this year. Talk to me a little bit about the music scene up there. It obviously is going to foster and um, and lift up that local community. What's the Philly scene like? What's what's going on up there? I got to tell you, the younger musicians around Philadelphia are extremely resilient. You know, not only are they extremely talented, but, you know, as I mentioned earlier, when I was in college, I could walk around town with my horn, not knowing who's playing anywhere, you know, just go to the normal spots. And I could always sit in with someone and, you know, I would just bounce from place to place. And any given night I could have played in three different locations. And I think that's missing these days, but these younger musicians, you know, just are, are banding together to, to make their own scene and to find their own opportunity, like not to find, but to make and forge their own opportunities. Um, and I think that's incredible. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are some really incredible mu- musicians, uh, younger musicians that still, obviously the, the older musicians are also incredible and they are, you know, in, still inspiring us. Um, but I, I, I'm really impressed by the, the younger cats. So at the end of the day, everyone out there has a perception of you, an idea of who they think you are, your family, your friends, your fans, but ultimately you live your life. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's funny having um, photography now. Um, photography has, has grown in importance in my life and, you know, I think a big challenge is this with photography and really in all art is is finding ways to be intentional about your work and not just copying things that you saw someone else do, but, you know, figuring out, okay, what is my perspective on this? And and that's that's sort of the the big hurdle I think we find ourselves as in as as artists and as human beings, you know. Are we just recycling things that we saw or are we, you know, really digging into finding that 
that thing that we do well and 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 our identity can be sort of wrapped around this thing that makes us unique in this perspective that 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 we we all have individually um I know this is sort of a, a really roundabout way of answering your question, but, you know, I'm still on that search, you know, for who I am. You know, I don't know that I have a definite concrete answer. You know, I know that there are lots of things that I appreciate. You know, I, I appreciate competency and I appreciate uniqueness and and a, a unique vision, and I appreciate people who work hard to figure out what that thing is, which is why I feel like I'm on this journey of of understanding that about myself. So the most important thing for us... <laughs> that was a long right non-answer. I'm sorry, man. No, no. No, no, no. You were good. You were good. I, I was just chewing it up because it's all about the creative process. So before we get into the particulars of the festival and you, I want to know kind of... Um, if you if we were to get off the phone, you could get into a jazz DeLorean and go anywhere in the history of jazz and see a musician anywhere. Where are you going to go? Who are you going to see? Oh man, wow, that's a, a heavy one. I I'm, I I think I'm going to find Ella Fitzgerald. <laughs> I'm going to find Ella. Uh, and I, I might propose marriage to her. <laughs> I think, I, 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 I think Ray Brown would fight me, but I, I, you know, I would, I would still do it. Um, you know, I, Ella is, 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 is my, is my favorite. Um, but I know that if you get Ella, you can also go and see Dizzy and Miles and Charlie Parker and, you know, you got everyone. So so maybe I'm thinking, you know, like 1945 New York and hope for the best. <laughs> that would be a good idea, man. So, Ernest, if anyone out there wants to get involved with the festival, tickets, your work, anything revolving around either of them, where's the best place to go and, and the details? Uh, I would say head to ccjazzfest.com. Uh, that's our website, and, and we have all of the information uh, being updated regularly and the schedules being added and the venues. And, um, you know, we're, we're also adding satellite shows that are happening outside of the corridor that we're typically functioning within. Um, just to be more inclusive of um, the other uh, jazz clubs and jazz venues, around town that doesn't lie within um, our corridor. Um, you know, there's some really great music happening in the city um, at the same time the festival is happening. So we want to, you know, really give people a lot of options. Perfect. Ernest, man, it's great to meet you. Best of luck with the festival <laughs> Great to meet you, too. Else. You Thank so you. much. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in Philadelphia, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Ernest for his time, energy, and cool. If you want to hear more interviews, you can find Neon Jazz interviews on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us at YouTube, and for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.